Hello and welcome to Complete Caribbean, a Travel Pulse podcast all about the world's favorite warm weather destination, the Caribbean. I'm writer, editor, and Caribbean travel expert, Jet Set Sarah. And I'm Brian Major, managing editor here at Travel Pulse. We're happy to have you join us today as we discuss the ins and the outs of Caribbean travel and we share the latest info and intelligence on this wonderfully diverse region. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Complete Caribbean podcast. It is Thursday, June 3rd, and we have so much news to get to today that we're going to get stuck in with this just in. Now, the first thing we're going to talk about, I'll give you a surprise. It begins with V. It ends with vaccination. Yes, we're going to talk about (laughs) vaccinations. And we're going to talk about how it is affecting the entry protocols, the ever-changing entry protocols in the Caribbean. I've got a few countries to tell you about where there have been changes this week. Uh, First thing is in St. Lucia. So now in St. Lucia, as of May 31st, if you are fully vaccinated, when you go there, first of all, you must wear a non-electronic wristband so that for the duration of your stay so that everyone can differentiate you as a vaccinated visitor from an unvaccinated visitor. Um, but you are now much freer to move around, move around the country. Before, you were a, before uh, non-vaccinated people had, could only stay in a maximum of two hotels. If you're vaccinated, you can stay in as many hotels as you like. Um, the number of restaurants that are open to you has broadened. You can go beach hopping. You can really you're really free to move around the country so again as brian and i were talking about in previous episodes uh vaccination certainly does have it benefits have its benefits when it comes to traveling the caribbean in particular uh also is news from st kitts and nevis on vaccinations they unfortunately had a cluster of cases even despite the fact that they have very stringent um uh, vaccination protocols and covid entry protocols they had a cluster of cases in may and so the twin island federation has taken a very unusual step i think and that they have decided that they're only going to accept vaccinated visitors for the time being or for the for indefinitely for now we don't have a date when this will finish but basically if you are not a citizen of st kitts and nevis or you're not a resident of st kitts and nevis the only way that you can visit right now is if you've already been fully vaccinated you can take children under 18 who are unvaccinated but you know as usual with with st kitts and with all the countries we're going to talk about today that doesn't just because you're vaccinated does not mean that you don't have to do covid testing before you arrive uh, you still have to follow those protocols but you just get a little bit more freedom as a vaccinated person when you're on island so um St. Kitts has a vacation in place program, which meant that for the first up to the first 14 days of your vacation, you'd have to stay at the resort. If you're vaccinated, that's now reduced to nine days. So nine days of vacationing at resorts like, you know, Paradise Beach on Nevis or the Park Hyatt on St. Kitts. Not too tough a time, right, Brian? Could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah, it could I mean, be, you know. Exactly. It could be worse. Could be worse. Could be worse. So, you know, I think it's and worth then, it. Yeah, exactly. But then now, I think totally contradicting what I said, maybe what I just said, but as of May 25th, if you're going to Puerto Rico and you've been vaccinated, you no longer need to do a pre-arrival 
COVID test. Instead, you're simply going to upload a copy of your vaccination uh, to the website when you apply for travel authorization, and then you're good to go. And of course, remember, because Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, you are exempt from that requirement of having to do a COVID test three days within three days of your return to the United States. You don't need to do that because, as you know, um, Puerto Rico is a is an American. Mark, what do they call that? American Commonwealth? It is a, um, you know, I've heard the term overseas territory, but it is an American Commonwealth. And, uh, you know, Sarah and I have, you know, Puerto Rico is one of the destinations Sarah and I have traveled together to often, many times. And, um, you know, I I think I think it's also true with the with this uh, liberalization it does not, as, as Sarah mentioned with the other destinations, it does not preclude you from um, practicing the social distancing and, and the mask wearing and the protocols that Puerto Rico has in place. They have been um, they have been very um, stringent, like uh, like uh, most of the Caribbean, uh, trying to protect their residents. So um, keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, it's very important. There. Yep. And actually, I wanted to say, and I forgot to tell you, you know, of course, this information is changing by the day, by the minute, by the hour. So right now, it's absolutely accurate, but who knows what it will be a day from now. So please make sure that you go to the official tourism websites. So for St. Lucia, that's stlucia.org, and that's stlucia.org. For St. Kitts, it's stkittstourism.kn. And for Puerto Rico, it's discoverpuertorico.com. Oh, great. Well, Sarah, you know, the same kind of uh, scenarios taking place in the cruise uh, industry and cruising to the Caribbean in particular. Vaccination is the key um, factor. Um, Mm -hmm. But we noticed this week there's another potential barrier to Caribbean cruises departing from where Sarah lives in Miami, the cruise capital, the cruise capital of the world, Miami, Florida. We're the cruise capital. We like to keep it interesting. We've always got some some juice and news going on. Tell us all about it. Oh, yeah. There's always something going on in, in sunny Miami. Um, I, hey, I guess it wouldn't be the pandemic without an without a impasse over health protocols. So this latest one, um, uh, late last month, CDC approved celebrity cruises to be the first major operator to be able to embark with paying passengers from a U.S. port since the beginning of the pandemic. Celebrity Edge is scheduled to depart from Fort Lauderdale on June 26th. There's one hang. Wow. So finally, people, oh, 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 here we go. You know, you're ready to run down to the pier, but there's one hang up. Um, The governor of Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis, signed an executive order in April banning that bans businesses operating in the state from asking for, from requiring the, the, the displaying of proof of COVID back, COVID-19 vaccination. In, in effect, you can't ask anyone if they've been vaccinated. Um, and the CDC's announcement in May that celebrity had been approved in, in the immediate wake of that, the, Governor DeSantis said, cruise lines operating in the state who ask passengers for proof of vaccination will be fined $5,000 per passenger. Ooh, wow. A lot of money. So there's wow. a, so that's quite the conundrum then, because, you know, all the cruise signs, as I understand it, the cruise signs are, are selling people on the fact that our crew is vaccinated and all the passengers are going to be required to be vaccinated before getting on board. And now the ones that are hoping to leave from Florida, we're hearing you can't ask people if they're vaccinated or require them to be vaccinated, right? Exactly. Bottom line, you cannot ask 
if you've been vaccinated. And as Sarah points out, yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. The standard now is vaccination on cruise lines. They're going to require you to be vaccinated as a guest if you board a cruise ship. Uh, the governor's press secretary, Governor DeSantis's press secretary, called the CDC guidance coercive. And she said it's a possible violation of state law. So right now it's a case of who blinks first and uh, Governor DeSantis hasn't shown any inclination to reverse his stance. However, a maritime attorneys, uh, maritime attorneys, including one quoted in the Washington Post, said they expect the federal law to overcome um, the state law in this instance. And uh, one said the idea that the federal government in general doesn't have the authority to set the conditions for cruise ships and that Florida somehow has more authority over who comes in and out of the ports is really an odd one. So, um, you know, I think this will be settled at some point, but uh, right now it's a case of who blinks first. But there is some, it's not all bad news. Carnival Corporation announced on May 28th that it received CDC approval of its plans to operate from Miami, as well as from Port Canaveral, which is the port near Orlando, and Mm -hmm. Galveston, Texas. Now, all three are key home ports for Carnival for Caribbean cruises from the U.S., The company plans to concentrate on these ports as it relaunches operations this summer. Carnival Horizon will sail from Miami, ostensibly, and Carnival Vista and Carnival Breeze will sail from Galveston beginning in July. Now, Carnival has also singled out Port Canaveral as a restart priority, as the company has announced it, and uh, they will resume operations imminently. The announcement hasn't been made, but they will be coming online shortly. So, I mean... We can expect cruising from U.S. ports in the, to the Caribbean in the, in the future. Um, it's just a matter of when. And uh, this recent impasse probably will wind up uh, in the hands of uh, the federal government, which will allow it. But right now, who blinks first? We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I like the way you describe it. It's definitely a matter of who blinks first. And I think for a lot of people, actually you know, people who might have been apprehensive about cruising, the fact that, you know, when the cruise lines were saying our crews are, are vaccinated, all passengers will need to be vaccinated, really um, is a source of comfort for those people, especially when you consider that cruisers, you know, the large, a large part of the cruising public are older, they've already been vaccinated. You know, I, I, I think, as you say, I think probably the federal government is going to prevail and these cruises go, will go out with at least 95% of crew and passengers vaccinated. And I think that's probably best for everyone. I think that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the standard, I think. And I think the cruise industry is quite wise to make that the standard. And I mean, why take chances? And I think, you know, the, the vaccination vaccinations have, have kind of turned the tide of our, our battle against this uh, illness. So um, any, 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 I think any, um, uh, any effort to support that is great. And just one final point, I want to make sure, you know, you can still, you will be able to cruise to the Caribbean from uh, foreign ports as, 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 as um, Sarah and I have mentioned from Caribbean ports, but U.S. ports give you that advantage as Sarah has pointed out in the past. It, you, you can drive to these ports, you save on airfare, you, yeah. you gain inconvenience. It's 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 just creates a whole greater option for cruising. And again, if you've not cruised before, you it it, it adds a level of comfort and and lessens some of the complexity of uh, the whole cruise vacation. 
Absolutely. And I have to say, although I, obviously I'm a big fan of having uh, these new Caribbean home ports, I have to say, I actually am planning to cruise in a couple of weeks and I will be cruising on Windstar Cruises on their new Star Breeze, their renovated Star Breeze mm. out mm. of St. Martin, which mm. I'm excited about, right? It's only 300 passengers, so yeah, you know, a small nice. ship. But I have to say, the airfares are unreal. You know, St. Martin, usually from Miami to St. Martin, you're looking at a five, $600 fare. My fare is almost $900. So that is wow. a huge amount to ask someone, yeah. a paying customer to add on just to get to the port of origin. You know, just to start your cruise, you already spent That's $900. almost as right much there. as the cruise costs. Exactly. Exactly. So definitely while it's, while it's great to see Caribbean home ports being established, um, there certainly is a cost saving for a lot of people, depending on the port. Because, for example, if I was cruising out of Nassau, the fare would not cost that anywhere near that much. But St. Martin is, you know, more than two hours away from Miami and it's really never less than a $500 fare, but it's almost twice that. So Everyone, as you hear on the news, you hear people saying that flights are more full, that air that flights are getting more expensive. Believe me, it's true. <laughs> I know it from firsthand experience. Yeah. Well, there's less capacity, right? I mean, as the yes, airlines exactly. are just putting back on planes and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's going to be. But tough. I do have good news. I do have good news. Um, good news from the Dutch Caribbean, actually. Um, that is where non-SAP flights are now going to be operational from the U.S. and Bonaire as of June 5th. So just two days from now, um, American and Delta are going to be flying bi-weekly service from Miami at my home airport and Atlanta, respectively. Now, here's the thing about Bonaire. You know, it's a big diving destination. I've been, I've been once and I can tell you, and I don't dive, I can tell you it's also a great destination for non-divers, but that's something we'll talk about later when we have someone from Bonaire on the show. But what there is one thing I want mm-hmm. to point out, apart from this good news about Bonaire, is the fact that there, the, that island's entry testing requirements are really unusual. It's the only island I know in the Caribbean where you do a rapid test 24 hours before departure to Bonaire. And then you are required to do another PCR test within 72 hours of arrival on the island. So depending on how long you spend, you're going to do a rapid test before, before you go a PCR test within 72 hours of arrival, and then you're going to need another test that would be a rapid or a PCR to come back to America. So you're going to do a lot of testing for Bonaire. It's going to be worth it probably, but you are going to do some testing. And the good news is that um, Bonaire is making all this testing convenient. They have opened up um, a rapid antigen testing service at Flamingo International Airport, which, I mean, come on, is that the world's best airport name, Flamingo International Airport? I know, I was thinking the same thing. Coolest name. (laughs) I love it. Like, I think, I, like, I think they should name one, one of them in Jamaica, like the Reggae International Airport or something. But anyway, but it's, until we have the Reggae Airport, we'll go with Flamingo International in Bonaire. Um, and you can get tested there. And they also have three, test, three other testing sites on the island. So don't let that um, deter you. If you want to go to Bonaire, there are some new flights, new nonstop flights, and you can get testing practically everywhere. So hooray. Well, let's move on to our island inbox feature and talk about some of the things that have been on our minds uh, this past week regarding the Caribbean. And uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, have a conversation last week with one of our, our great friends. Uh, Sarah and I spent a lot of time with Adam Stewart, the executive chairman of Sandals Resorts International. And uh, he announced last week the company's building three 
new properties in Jamaica. Uh, Duns River Falls, a, a, a two adjacent resorts in, at the Duns River Falls uh, complex and one in Runaway Bay, uh, Jamaica. Uh, and the company is also launching all-inclusive resorts in Curacao and St. Vincent by 2023. A lot of building. So- so- A long time ago, Brian, FYI, I used to work for Sandals in PR in another life. And way back then, uh, we only had six, I think, six resorts at the time. And it seemed like a lot. And now, I don't know, how many has Sandals got in the teens, for sure? And I was checking, there are six in Jamaica, plus these three he's going to build. They are going to build. So, I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. And you and I remember when they were just one of of many companies. In the yeah, but they're definitely yeah, yeah, but they're definitely pulled ahead. I think of, of everyone. But anyway, sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you, Brian. Go ahead. Of course, of course, partner. And you know, I just wanted to say one of the things that he struck me with um, when he announced his two hundred and thirty million dollar commitment in Jamaica uh, was the remarkable nature of it. In that um, no, Sandals is planning expansion, specifically in in the aftermath of what has been an unprecedented. Uh, disruption of travel, something none of us had ever envisioned. I think that's a remarkable expression of confidence in the Caribbean, uh, certainly in its spotlight destination. In many ways, Jamaica is the premier destination of the Caribbean. And well, ask any Jamaican and they'll tell you that, Brian. That means they expect more visitors. They expect more air traffic. They expect more activity. So there will be a, uh, a growth. They're expecting growth. Um, and that's a great sign for us. You know, the second point Adam made was his uh, assertion that luxury, the idea of luxury following the pandemic, will be defined by previously ignored aspects, focusing on health and safety standards, as well as brand reputation and brand reliability. In addition to their designer bags, Deluxe travelers nowadays are going to be bringing along heightened expectations, Adam said, that their destination and their accommodations implement the highest level science-based health and safety protocols. So that goes without saying. And as he also pointed out, recognized brands are probably going to be the ones most appreciated by travelers in the luxury class. You know, now that is, you know, that serves Adam's uh, uh, properties well, but it, it, it really... He's, he's, he's accurate, I think, in, in saying that the, the uh, deluxe travelers are going to be the ones that are, first of all, going to be traveling probably in the, the greatest numbers uh, as, as travelers resuming. And then secondly, they are in the position to look for the highest level of service facilities and amenities and health and science-based protocols. Luckily, the Caribbean is well positioned to benefit from these trends. The region's management of the pandemic, I think Sarah and I have agreed, has been in many ways exemplary. And luxury travels, right? And luxury travelers in the Caribbean can find vacation experiences in several destinations that combine five star facilities, amenities, and facilities, along with the exclusivity and the post pandemic assurances upscale travelers are seeking. I think Sarah has some, has some thoughts on <laughs> the definition of luxury, right? Sarah? Yes, Brian, you, you know me very well. So actually there are two things I want to say. Definitely want <laughs> to reinforce your point about, um, you know, luxury travel being the first a group of travelers to come back, the first segment of the industry to come back, because certainly in my, I think I've taken six or seven trips now since the pandemic started, since November. And I will tell you that 
any hotel, any high end hotel resort that I've, or resort that I've been to is full. They're absolutely full. They don't have, I was at Parrot Key in the Turks and Caicos Islands. I was at Amanyar in the Turks and Caicos Islands and they're full. They don't have, have hands to sell their luxury visit villas and, you know, fantastic rooms. Definitely the high end of the market. Um, I think, you know, there are a lot of people, of course, who have suffered during the pandemic, but there are also a lot of people who have made money or saved money or, you know, just were doing, have, haven't really been that affected on a financial level. And they're out there traveling now. It's, Except you know, that they couldn't travel either. They're and they're ready. They're right, exactly. Right. Exactly. So now they're definitely out there spending their money. And the other thing I thought was, was interesting that um, Adam, you said, was talking about a new definition of luxury and that luxury wasn't just going to be about, about service and sun, sea and stand, but it was also going to be about, you know, where do you feel safe? Where, you know, do you feel like the protocols are, you know, you are being uh, adhered to and you can have, you know, safety under the sun. But so let me just say that there is, I have my own personal definition of luxury, which isn't, you know, marble bathrooms and 600 thread count sheets. It's actually an outdoor shower. To me, an outdoor shower is the very definition of luxury. The idea that I'm somewhere safe enough, warm enough, um, and just set up for me to bathe outside. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people disagree, but I love an outdoor shower or worse, even an outdoor bathtub. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. That's a luxury for me. So I just wanted to interject that. So there are two things I want to talk to you about, Brian, and listeners out there in podcast world. Uh, So here's the first thing. I went to the USVI, specifically St. Croix, last week. Had a wonderful time. I was there for uh, four days. Stayed at the Buccaneer, which Brian, you know, and I'm sure many of our listeners know, is um, a classic Caribbean hotel. It's been around for signature. 75 years, actually. Signature. Yes, hotel. a signature hotel. Been around for 75 years. Family run. This is a third generation um, of the family that's running the hotel. So it's a beautiful resort. But I have to tell you, going to the USVI, which is this was my first USVI trip since the pandemic started, and having been to you know, four or five other Caribbean islands. It's almost as if there are two Caribbeans and I'll tell you why. So my first clue was my flight going from Miami to St. Croix was oversold. It's the first flight I've been on. That's not only been packed, but oversold asking for volunteers, you know, to go on a later flight. Everyone in my row was the first time I actually had someone sitting next to me. Um, oh in the boy. plane, it, yeah. it was un, it was incredible. And then when I got to uh, Saint Croix, it was amazing. There's so m- the island is so busy, so many tourists, so many travelers. I went on um, an excursion to Buck Island. The catamaran was full of people. It was like pre-pandemic times. It, I felt like I'd rewind to 2019. It really, you know, the hotels are all full. The Buccaneer was full. Many of the other hotels were full. It's really hopping and booming. And so, of course, I had to ask myself and other people who live there why that is. And it basically, it's a number of factors. You know, one, U.S. Virgin Islands, so you don't need a passport. So, you know, there are a lot of people whose passports have expired during the pandemic or are still waiting. Not everyone is, was as lucky as you, Brian, to get their passport so quickly. Right. So, no, you know, mine. maybe they're waiting, right? <laughs> maybe they're waiting for them to be renewed. But, you know, you don't, first of all, you don't need a passport yeah. to get there. There are frequent flights 
Um, you also can do a rapid test to get into the USVI. You must, you know, you must apply for entry um, and you must show proof of testing, but that testing can be a PCR test or a rapid test. And I'm sure it's in, it's the way it is here, here in Miami, and I'm sure it is the rest of the country. A rapid test is much cheaper to access than a PCR test. So I think that's making the more the island more accessible. But then what I was hearing from one of the hotel people I was talking to was that a big reason why there are so many people on island is because they have a surplus of vaccines in the USVI. And so they're actively encouraging right. people to come and get vaccinated. And those people, I don't even know if they're offering okay. Johnson & Johnson. I think it's the two-shot Moderna and Pfizer vaccine. So people are coming and then they're staying for two or three weeks to get both shots. So it was quite interesting to me how these, you know, everywhere else I've been in the Caribbean has been quiet. And most importantly, you know, people, tourism workers and frontline tourism workers, servers, bartenders, housekeepers, everyone else in the Caribbean is dying to get back to work. But whereas in the USVI, they actually have the opposite problem, I'm, I'm told. I'm told that it's, you know, the hotels are full, but they're running not at full staff because a lot of people, because it's America, have the benefit of unemployment payments plus pandemic um, payments on top of that. And so right now aren't really incentivized to get back to work. Now, this is what I mm. heard. This is what local people told me is the situation. So please don't at me, everybody. But ser seriously, I can attest that, you know, the island yeah. is very, very busy and staffing levels aren't necessarily where they need to be to uh, accommodate all those people. So it was just very, very interesting to me. I wanted to make the case, the point that, you know, if you go, it, you go to the USVI and you will have one type of experience and have one image of what it's like in the Caribbean right now, which when you get to the USVI, you feel like the Caribbean has recovered from the pandemic or is recovering. But then right. you go to the wider non-US flagged Caribbean and it's not that way at all. You know, they still want visitors. Their hotels are not full. Um, it's very quiet. And of course, you can feel like you have the place to yourself. That's nice too. But at the same time, you have to recognize that the Caribbean still got a long way to come in terms of making up for just the dreadful effect that the pandemic has had on people's livelihoods. So just so you know, USVI and the rest of the Caribbean, honestly, it's like two Caribbeans running in tandem. Well, well that's great because you, you, you also point out something that that's going to impact the nature of the vacation that you're taking right now in the Caribbean. So keep mm -hmm. that in mind. I mean, where you're, which destination you're going to and what kind of experience you're going to be, you know, you're going to be looking for. And, you know, to some people, that's exactly what they're looking for. They want to feel right. like the, the pandemic, pandemic never and, happened. You know, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never happened. You know, yeah. not happening. Let's go. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But well, I think, we're, and you know, I think one point I do want to make also is that wherever you're going in the Caribbean, where it's a U, whether it's a USVI, the BVI, or just the eyes, um, please pack your patience <laughs> because everyone is trying their best. Whether the hotels are running at a hundred percent or ten percent, everyone's trying their best. Um, you know, they, they want you to be there and they're trying their best to keep you there. And maybe things won't run as smoothly as you had expected. But, you know, just be patient. Allow people a little bit of grace and a little bit of patience and you'll be OK. Have a red stripe. You'll be good. Great advice. And OK, Great so advice. here's my last thing I want to say. And I told you at the top of the show, we had tons of news. And really, we should just maybe call this show vaccination news because... <laughs> 
There is a last really good piece of news about vaccinations that I want to tell you. Yeah, I'm just we're going to call the show vaccination news, complete vaccination Caribbean. But here's the good news. When I was coming back from St. Croix on Saturday, I saw a sign that they were giving out free vaccines at Miami International Airport. And of course, because I'm a trusty reporter, I had to dig in and find out the details. So here they are. So there's a partnership between Florida and the federal government to put up to set up a pop-up vaccination center at MIA. The center can vaccinate up to th- as many as 3,000 people a day, and they are giving out the single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So one shot and you're done. Here's the best news. There, so apart from the fact that it's free, is the fact that there is no residency requirement attached to you getting the vaccine. So mm-hmm. they're welcoming travelers who are either out of state from Florida or out of town from Miami and out of the country. It's also open to international visitors. So if you have friends or family who have the wherewithal to come through Miami and want to get vaccinated, please send them. Um, the vaccines are being given at two locations. You can walk up at Concourse D on the fourth floor, which is upstairs from door one. Or you can drive through at the Miami Taxi Overflow Lot, which is at 75 Bus Road. Bus, like, you know, driving a bus. Bus Road, Miami, Florida, 33102. I give you that so you can look it up on uh, Google Maps. Um, The vaccination centers are open between 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. And free vaccinations are available between June 10th and June 18th. I think this is such amazing news for travelers and out-of-staters. I know a lot of Caribbean people who would be happy to fly up here, get there, you know, in the morning, get their Johnson and Johnson shot and then go home in the afternoon. So I, I think it's a great thing that we're doing. Great in vaccination news, great for travelers, for travelers. So hooray MIA. I'm, I'm really proud of my home airport. Well, having spent a lot of time in my airport um, and Sarah, <laughs> even more so um, I can tell you it's a crossroads an international crossroads. So this is a tremendous thing that yes. they're doing. I think it's a great, great um, program. So um, kudos, Miami. Great. Well done. You know, there I, I will say it's my airport. And so I can say it's not always the most fun airport to be in, but I'm going to give props where props is due. Miami airport, you're doing a great job with those vaccinations. And on that happy note, I think we have come to the end of vaccination news slash complete Caribbean podcast. Um, We are so very, very happy that you joined us. Brian and I love to talk about everything travel and Caribbean related with you every two weeks. So we will be seeing you again or, or hearing you again, or you'll be hearing us again in another two weeks. It's goodbye from me and I will leave it to Brian to say goodbye from him. Well, thank you to my wonderful, beautiful partner. And um, we, uh, as she mentioned, we love bringing this podcast to you. We could talk about the Caribbean and we do talk about when this podcast goes off, Sarah and I will be talking again about the Caribbean. So um, we will. tune in every time you have the opportunity to listen to us <laughs> talk about our favorite region of the world. And thanks for joining us. And uh, please be with us for the very next complete Caribbean podcast. Take care everyone. Oh, and don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bye.